Welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Good morning, Mr. Cuny. And good morning to you, Mr. Cuthbert. Let's go! Woo-hoo-hoo! We're back, baby! Sunday, August 8th, 2021! Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert in the great state of New York! And everybody say hello to your favorites. What's up, Joe and Mom, Mr. Robert Cuny in the great state of Maryland? How are you, buddy? Greetings and salutations, everybody. And yes, we, we switched up the intro a little bit for you. Hey, happy August, everybody. And yes, we're back and more handsome than ever. You asked for it. We listened. And as I said on Twitter, we're doing the show anyway. <laughs> we, don't, we don't give a shit. What do you think? Right. We're back. We took some. uh, We took some well-deserved time off. Some would call it rehab. And last time we talked, the Mets were in first place. (laughs) Wow, that's not even warming up in the bullpen. (laughs) Just, just (laughs) throwing a hundred mile an hour heat with no warm-up pitches. Baby, boom. So sorry about that, Pat. Hopefully, you start listening. You know, five minutes into the show and not right out of the shoot. Uh, yes, the Phillies are now in first place. But the best news, of course, is that the Nationals are cratering. <laughs> <laughs> They're just bottoming out. Are they 12 games under 500? I don't know. It's, it's fantastic. Well, we'll deep dive into the MLB later on in our MLB segment today yeah. on the Sports Honchos. It's great that it's August 8th, and there's still so much in sports going on. Normally, this is pretty much a barren landscape. So not doing a show wouldn't have been, in other years, wouldn't have been as big a deal. But so much has gone on because of all the moving around of the seasons. And obviously, because we'd be of talking the about pandemic. all the mall shopping you're doing these days. Exactly. But now we have real live sports to talk about. I mean, a steaming well, pile. Well, some of it, some, most of it's live. Some of it's on sports delay from Tokyo. True. But yeah, the Olympics just ended like 15 minutes ago. But you can is watch it, the closing ceremonies. Is it finally over? It's finally over. But you can watch the closing ceremonies tonight, or you could just look at them on social media and be thrilled. <laughs> Buddy, I'm trying to find a window to get to watch Suicide Squad, man. Everybody's uh, going nuts over this thing. Uh, I, I saw that uh, Thursday. It's outstanding. It's what? outstanding. And this is what DC should take away from Suicide Squad. Just let Gunn do every movie. That's well, what they well, should do. Let James Gunn or one of the other Marvel directors, maybe the Russo brothers, do their movies. Now, if you take the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy out, because that's before the DC Universe and still, to me, the best superhero movies made. But other than Shazam, which was another one that followed the Marvel playbook, Suicide Squad is really the only good thing they've done, and they got James Gunn to do both suicide squads and they should continue to just pick marvel talent wait a second he didn't do the first one he didn't do the first one no that oh, well. that heaping pile of shit no no the first one was James good Gunn. but this one no, was better. it wasn't man i still want my money back and my no. time back for watching that first one well they should continue to get marvel directors 
to do to re- to resuscitate the DCEU. Stupid name, by the way. DC, what is it? Extended Universe? Please get out of here. Whatever. Uh, but yes, it was very, very good. You should see it. It's on HBO Max, so if you can't get out to the theaters, you can watch it from the privacy of your own home. I got the Max, man. I'm just looking for the time, buddy. As you know, I've been up and I know. down You're very, the like Northeast entertaining so the masses. You're so busy with the dodging, entertaining dodging the and the singing. <laughs> dodging the Delta. And you're avoiding <laughs> The Delta, the Lambda, and the Omega Moo variants. Okay? <coughs> <laughs> got me all. <coughs> For all of you nerds, flicks. I, I, don't have the, there. I don't have a cough button. Sorry about that, folks. And Paul made me laugh whilst I was drinking. The cafe. <laughs> yes. Sorry, everyone. I'm back now. Is that a mocha Maryland latte? No, it's just a, a hot cup of coffee with just cream and sugar. I can't drink my coffee black. I'm not one of those tough guys. You're not that one of those tough guys? Suck down a hot black cup of coffee. No, it's not for me. I need the cream and the sugar, and I have to have my pinky fully extended when I'm drinking it. Hold on, everybody. Wait, wait, wait. Mm. Delicious. The only thing worse than what Rob just did is actually having to witness this live on video. You know, we've been talking for... Oh, about a year now about doing video podcasts. And, and now you know why we don't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've been asked by the higher-ups not to do that uh, as of yet. So um, Sorry, Mr. Blundell. No more live right. coffee drinking on a microphone. All right. So, hey, pal, what do you say we um, we do a little uh, headlines? Okay. All right. And I'm gonna, Let's I'm do gonna it. bring us in because another guy who's making headlines, I just want to throw this out. Me and you are big music guys. We are. And that's Eddie Van Halen's. Incredibly, the late, great Eddie Van Halen's incredibly talented son, Wolfgang, Wolfie. who's on tour now, opening for Guns N' Roses. Wow. And uh, because of YouTube, I didn't have to buy a ticket. I was able to watch him, his show the other night. And, uh, man, the kid is so talented. Uh, his band's amazing. If you haven't listened to the new album, it's fantastic. And, you know, I was trying it's... to sit there, Rob, I have a question for you. I was okay. trying to figure out who... Wolfie sounds like and and the music and but specifically his voice he's got an incredible voice right but um you remember the band Vertical Horizon I mean they're still around but, uh, uh, vaguely they had a yeah. they had one hit like twenty he years wants, ago everything he needs you know oh, yeah you're okay. a god all that stuff yeah yeah that's very why similar um the harmonies <laughs> the they're like a heavier version to me of Vertical Horizon but anyway Wolfie's kicking ass out there. And I wish him the best, man. And uh, uh, it's good question stuff. is: Is he doing uh, his pop's music? Like, does no. he throw a couple of Van Halen songs in? Nope, nope. Mm-hmm. And he shouldn't. And he, you know, he, he, you know, Wolfie's been online there, and you know, some of the fans are just awful. Yeah. You know, like you know, people telling him, "Oh, you should play Eruption. You should do some kind of tribute and stuff." He's not doing it. I mean, he, the kid every time he plays "Distance," which he wrote, I don't know if you saw the video. Um, if you haven't, folks, it's a heartbreaker because um, it's it's all home videos of when he was a kid growing up with with Eddie. Yeah. You know, I just but wonder no. what the expectations are like for a kid like Wolfie or like Jason Bonham when you got a dad who just is not only famous but a legend in rock. And that Jason Bonham, he's a really good drummer. But how many times people say, "Hey, play the intro to When the Levee Breaks," and you know, just. Uh, well, you know, why can't you be more out, like your dad? He goes out with his own Zeppelin tribute. He does right. that. He's out there now, I think, doing a couple of shows. When he's not playing for Sammy Hagar, which is mm. spin the circle here a little bit. And, hey, uh, talk about playing. synergy. Yes, so he's playing with Sammy. <laughs> They're out kicking ass, right? Uh, doing a great job. Um, but yeah, look, you know, Wolfie's 
just doing a fantastic job. He doesn't have to do any of that shit. Just be himself. The music's incredible. The songwriting is top notch. He plays every instrument on the album. Uh, he's That's an incredible cool. guitar player, instrumentalist, and like I said, me as a, personally as a singer, man, his vocals are just amazing. So there's my little addition to your headlines there, Rob. Take it away, Well, buddy. thank you. Now, let me ask you this. I, I, I always like to let you choose. Do you want to talk bacon or do you want to talk uh, famous infomercial pitchmen? Which category do you want for $100, Alex? I'm going to get myself a piece of bacon while you talk about the infomercials. Okay. So let's talk about Ron Popeil. <laughs> Uh, Ron Popeil. Come on. You know now, you may not know his name, but I would venture to guess that almost every American, certainly every American, you know, in our age group, I'll be dice and say 40 plus, has in some way been impacted by Ron Popeil. Ron Popeil died uh, July 27th. He was 86 years old. He was one of the best television pitchmen before ShamWow and before uh, the OxyClean guy, Billy, what's his name? Uh, before those guys, you well, had those, Ron Popeil. Those Popeo. two guys are both either dead or incarcerated as well, correct? I believe ShamWow was incarcerated, and uh, the OxyClean guy is no longer signing autographs. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, if you're interested in getting into the uh, infomercial world, um, just consider that. It's, uh, it's a high-risk yes. job. It is high risk, uh, high risk for death or incarceration or both. <laughs> uh, but you might have heard of some of these products that Ron Popeil, who pioneered the infomercial, the late night infomercial, and the days before the Internet, if you watched TV late into the night, your two, three o'clock in the mornings, the odds are as you flip through the dial, you would have seen one of his shows. Uh, the Vegematic, the Pocket Fisherman, the Smokeless Ashtray, one of my personal favorites, uh, the Chopomatic hand food processor, the Mr. Microphone, which as a kid in the 70s had the most awkward and uncomfortable tagline in which some kid leaned out of a car with the Mr. Microphone and said, hey, good looking. I'll be back to pick you up later. <laughs> I just It's so uncomfortable. As a kid, I was like, yeah, that's awesome. And now looking back as an adult, I'm like, oh, that's uncomfortable. Uh, let's see. What else? He had the Showtime Rotisserie and Barbecue, which is the one I remember from college, those infomercials, the set it and forget it tagline. The Ronco Electric Food Dehydrator, Popeil's Pasta, Pasta, Pasta. Pasta and sausage maker, the bagel cutter, and, of course, the inside-the-shell egg scrambler. And, of course, my personal favorite, the GLH9 hair-in-a-can spray. That's right, to paint your bald spot. What does GLH stand for? Great-looking hair. That's right. So, So somebody out there in the listening audience has at least some familiarity with one or more of those products, if not a user, especially of the rotisserie grill, in which the best, the best part of that infomercial was putting an entire rib roast into this thing, which looked like a, a bloated uh, toaster oven. And his tagline, just set it and forget it. And the other tagline he had was, was, but wait, there's more. That was his. The phrase, but wait, there's more, is a Ron Popeil trademark. But here's the best part of the story before we move on to bacon. Uh, in 1974, uh, his second wife, his father's second wife, this is the best thing I've read, Mr. Popeil's second wife uh, tried to kill him in 1974, tried to hire two men to murder him. And then after serving 19 months of this sentence, 
they got remarried. Now I ask you, your wife tries to kill you, hires two men to kill you, goes to jail for it, and then your solution is to get married again. Was that just so she could finish the job? I don't know what now, the did thinking they was have there. A, did the rest of their marriage go pretty much unscathed? I mean, presumably, that's some story. And that's uh, his father. So Juan Popillo got to start selling his father's products. His father made things like the Chopomatic, and was a a door-to-door salesman, and Ron Popeil turned that into a, a billion-dollar enterprise. But again, the best part of that story is that his mother, I guess his stepmother, tried to have his dad killed, and then after serving her jail time, I guess, lesson learned, don't try to kill your husband, they got remarried. So love prevails. Yes, and great-looking hair is also good to cover rust spots on bicycles. Probably. Uh, pipes. Yeah. Uh, but it is flammable. Probably. You know. I guess GLH number nine. I'd hate to see what happened to GLHs one through eight, though. <laughs> God help you. But th- imagine GLH one. Imagine using uh, that hairspray. Thinking, I'd love you know, to see that. You know how they eight have iterations the, later. You know the videos of the uh, you know the uh, the product testing team. <laughs> yeah. And I always wondered. Okay, so you spray it on the bald spot, and then what happens We're when it rains? Spray this on your head. We're yeah. gonna light you on fire just to see what happens. If, yeah, if it rains, does it permanently stay there? Is it like a head tattoo? I don't know. But Ron Popeil, 86, you will God be missed. love you, Ron. And now that brings us to the bacon crisis in California. This from the Los Angeles Times from a couple days ago. There's a new law in California. It's set to take effect on January 1st. About So we don't bacon. have to worry about that. because we No, those of you who wish to move to California, you may want to unpack your suitcase after hearing this story. Uh, There's a new law, an animal protection law passed years ago, which is going to take effect on January 1st, 2022, has some fearing the end of bacon in California in 2022. This is, again, from the Los Angeles Times. From the 5th, the panic began due to an Associated Press report that dropped this past weekend. Uh, It's Proposition 12, the Farm Animal Confinement Proposition. California leading the league in propositions. Aren't they on fire? Probably. Don't they, have, don't they have more important things to worry about? Uh, apparently not. Well, this was in 2008 the law was passed, but oh. it goes into effect on January 1st. That's I why wasn't people paying have, attention to you, obviously. Uh, no one ever does. As my people would say, what's causing them so much spilkis, although ironically my people are probably not eating as much bacon, but anyway, is that the law goes into effect in six months, five months? At the beginning of 2022, the state will begin enforcing the second part of Proposition 12 that requires more space for breeding animals such as pigs and egg-laying chickens. For pigs specifically, it says they must be raised in spaces that are at least 24 square feet up from 20 square feet set in 2020. Now, the organization has said, the, organiz- the Humane Society in California, which is the one the most strongly the group's most strongly advocating for this law, ensures that pork, egg, and veal products produced or sold in California come from facilities that, quote, do not confine animals in tiny cages for their entire lives. I add parenthetically, but it is okay to kill them for mealtime. Just can't keep them in tiny cages. I'm not sure what the difference is there. Now, here's where people have the most fear. The law also applies to out-of-state suppliers who sell pork products to California. 
Uh, these vendors are optimistic they can comply with the standards, but so far only 4% of hog operations are in compliance with the new rules, according to the Associated Press. That means that unless courts take action or the state allows non-compliant meat, that'd be a great name for a punk band, non-compliant meat, very good. to be sold temporarily, the, store, the state's pork supply might become very low with the law taking effect January 1st. There's not a lot of time for necessary retrofitting. And here's two pieces of trivia before we move on to the sports. Number one, uh, you know what the largest pork producer in the United States is? What state produces the most pork in the United States? Um, Porkland. Porkland. Close. Hold on. (laughs) No, it's Iowa. Oh. Believe it or not. And California consumes 15% of all the pork produced in this country. That's your second tip. So restaurants and groceries in the Golden State use about 255 million pounds of pork a month. That's just one state. Yes, but the state's farms produce only 45 million pounds. There is a deficit, so they got to make up that pork production from other states. And if those states can't produce what the state needs, then there's going to be a shortage. And just to put a financial number on it, uh, if that supply were to suddenly go down as much as they perceive it to or predict it to, bacon prices would increase 60%, meaning a $6 package would now cost about $9.60. So there's great fear in California that bacon will soon be extinct from your breakfast table and your BLTs. And have there so, been any statements released from Miss Piggy, uh, Porky Pig, or the Three Little Pigs on this matter? All of them are in agreement that no pig should be confined to anything less than 24 square feet of space, even if their ultimate fate is to be eaten. Excellent. I just want to make sure that they're uh, on this. Pigs. Yes. Kermit the Frog, however, is a big fan of the law as well. Well, there you go, bacon lovers. Yeah. You can can always count on Mr. Cuny to provide you with uh, the latest Especially you Californians out there. Right. My people, when it comes to pork and bacon, we like to keep right on top of the latest developments. Are there any, um, you remember any bacon type of songs, big hits? I, I feel like there's one coming. No, I, I honestly don't. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I just, just um, kind of thinking. No. Are we missing, are we forgetting something? I mean, there's the, all of the great Oscar Mayer pork product jingles like my bologna has a first name but i don't can't think of a popular song with bacon or pork in the title or pigs well pigs by pink floyd but that's not really about bacon yeah i know it's more of a more of a it's about politicians as pigs hot dog kind of thing going on there by the way a highly underrated album sandwiched between wish you were here and the wall animals by pink floyd it's pretty much back in the day about bacon no, when you had records, the second side is pretty. Dude, much they one still side. have records. You know, vinyl is, is pretty much right, outselling well, everything these days. But a lot of it's true. A lot of people now, really young, think that vinyl was just invented. But during that dark period where vinyl was, when you said cutout bin, people under the age of a hundred look at you quizzically. Uh, Animals is pretty much the second side is like one song, but highly underrated album. Animals by Pink Floyd. I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah. So, anyway, just a little when's, music, when's tip, a little music sidelight. What's the last time you listened to The Wall? 
Gosh, it's been a long time. Aren't there some years. pigs in that movie? Are there? <laughs> I, I have to admit, watching The Wall stone sober is not something that I've done recently, so I can't even remember if there are pigs in it. But there's a whole lot of great animated and frightening imagery. Yeah, you might here's end another... up curled up in a ball in, in the corner of your room if you watch it stone cold sober. Or... Now, here's another fun fact for you. The, uh, the animator. Hold on, ring the, the bell. Wall. Ring the bell. The animator for The Wall, for both the album art and what appeared in the movie, was that Gerald Scarf is the same, I think I pronounced his name incorrectly, the same person who was the lead animator for the movie Hercules, my one of my favorite Disney movies. I didn't know that about you. So if you look carefully at Hercules, if you sit an inch from the TV like is Hercules I do, any good? It's incredibly good. I used to read the comics, believe it. The music stinko. But it's only thankfully there's only a few songs. There's one decent song, but the rest are a meh minus. But the movie itself, hilarious. Danny right, DeVito well, is know. the satyr. Really? Fantastic. I thought I've watched all the Disney flicks, but I guess I haven't. You got to see Hercules came out right right after Lion King, so it gets kind of lost in the shuffle. Did uh, Lou Ferrigno do Hercules? Somebody played Hercules in the in the uh, in the movies, like the real well, movie, real life. Dwayne Johnson think. played him. In a version of Hercules that sort of poked holes in all the myths about Hercules. But See, folks, look, I don't know that you, you didn't expect did. this. This is what's great about the Honchos. Sunday. I'm sorry. We've gotten totally derailed. Almost 11 a.m. and we are discussing Hercules movies and anime. Great Hercules movies. Yes. <laughs> right here, baby. I don't yeah. know Honchos. There's been a lot of cheesy Hercules movies made. Well, speaking of Hercules. Before good and, special and, effects. And, and, and uh, individuals with uh, strong attributes and... Um, Abilities and talents. As you said earlier, the Olympics are coming to a close tonight. Hey, man, look at that segue. That's a professional radio segue right there. What I meant to play was this. Oh, I was to say that music was unusual. It ends tonight, yes. baby. Well, it ended already, but you'll see it tonight. No, but it officially ends tonight, minutes. Rob. Don't be technical with me. Sorry. Glory, it's not on tape delay. It's live tonight in prime time. Are you going to be there, Rob? I'm actually there 12 now. 12-pack of beers? I'm sitting Tostitos. outside Tokyo State, unmasked, <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the Japanese authorities to come take me away for violating their rules. There were some fannies in some of the stands of the events, weren't there? The ones outside of Tokyo, I think, were more populated, but the ones in the city were just family and friends only and coaches, obviously, but that's where most of the empty stadiums were and empty arenas. All right. Well, thank you for filling me in because outside of some highlights on Twitter, I haven't watched one goddamn. Yeah, of it. And, and that's that's my first the first note I have here about the Olympics is, and obviously you answer the question: Are you watching? I haven't watched, and and part of it is the hype. Well, first of all, the part of it is the Olympics are a year late thanks to the pandemic. Another victim of the pandemic, but yeah, I would have watched the whole thing if it was a year earlier. Well, just the hype for it. Yeah, hasn't really been the same. Like, you know, growing up, I remember, you know, again, pre-internet when Sports Illustrated would do their big Olympic preview issue and you got to know not just the American athletes, but some of the world athletes. And it was a much bigger deal. Now it seemed like NBC was promoting the same three people, Simone Biles and... um, no, all these, all the names. Wow, look at you, Simone Biles, uh, um, the swimmer. Wow, they've really got to you with their marketing yeah, and their the 
I they, tell they, you. There's like three or four people, and I, I can't even remember Can anybody. you imagine you miles. with your hands tied behind your back in a chair in an interrogation room? I'd be said, dead. Look, we'll let you go if you name any other Olympic athlete minus Sorry. the basketball team, the U.S. basketball team. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the U.S. Name basketball team. an American Olympic athlete now, and we'll let you go. If not, we I'm will dead. strike you down right now. My friends are going to torture you by taking all, over the all your teeth out of your skull. No, my brains are splattered all over the wall on this one. <laughs> they're, they're cleaning up my remains for days to come. All right, but, but here's, a, here's a serious question for you about the Olympics, and it's just something I was thinking about given just this particular Olympics. Do you mind no, if I eat you... a cookie while you're asking no, me please, this question? Chomp away. Um, <laughs> viewership. I'm glad you can't see Paul eating a cookie, by the way. See? It's, I too can play this game. He had to see me slurping my coffee. I'm watching him shove a. It's not one of those Belva biscuits. It's actually a biscuit. It's delicious. Sorry, excuse me. It's a biscuit that he's just shoved into his mouth. Um, With my tea. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be serious here. All right. In this particular year, in this extension, 2021 is in some ways an extension of 2020. Do we it think? Don't and I'm say. Not, this is not a joke. I'm serious about this question. Besides COVID and the you know the pandemic and the delay and, and the lack of hype, could ratings be down? Could viewership and enthusiasm for the Olympics be down? Because now is kind of the worst time in world history to show nationalistic pride, no matter the country. So has that blurred line between patriotism and nationalism sort of ruined the Olympics? Like it almost seems like if you take pride in your country to not an aggressive an evil way, but just an enthusiastic way, you put your home country, and I guess by extension your ethnicity, above another's, even because you're rooting for your country over another's in a sporting event, the world has kind of turned its back a bit on on nationalistic pride, and could that be a factor in why people have not gotten the same excitement and fervor, say they did six years, or five years ago, the 2016 Olympics? I have no evidence to back this up i just sort of thought about it that maybe it's a hard time to be patriotic i know patriotic has been turned by some into a an obscene word but i just wanted to throw that out there for you mr cuthbert to get your opinion on that well mr cuny now yeah you're gonna mock that question okay i get it <laughs> no you know what they screwed up here with the timing of the olympics delaying this they should have had the Olympics just the way they're doing it now while everybody was in quarantine. Okay? Because they put this back on right when everybody can get the fuck back outside. Who the hell wants to stay inside and watch <laughs> the Olympics now when we've just been released out into and, the, out into and the without air fans. with the new Delta variants? And without fans. And without they- fans. Not the kind, the, not circulating fans, but real fans. Right. People. Well, look, I mean, you talk about country. I mean, look, we, we, we wouldn't be there anyway. I mean, as far we. as fans, it doesn't matter. Like, we're you watching, and I would be there. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. You're talking about, you know, Americans. Anybody. Are we, are we watching it or whatever? But I think that's kind of ironic that uh, they put the Olympics back and, you know, everybody's out in the summertime in the United States. Especially after being quarantined and shut down for almost a year and a half. Sorry, everybody, I tell you what, everybody here on Long Island's at the beach, baby. Or a beach bar or whatever. And, you know, 
The rest of the country yeah. is doing their own thing. So the timing is just bad. I don't I don't know what the ratings have been. And as so far they've as been, the national historically game, low. I think I think there's just there's so much we know this now, Rob, as far as uh, media and, and, and everything else. Everything is just one big fucking bowl of <laughs> soup with so many different um, flavors and, and, you know, what's the, I can't even think of items on the bouillabaisse. No, what's what's what goes into a um, a soup? Ingredients. That's Thank it. You. Woohoo. Right. I'm looking Man. for something specific, and you just wanted ingredients. Okay. That's all I wanted was ingredients. I'm thinking carrots, potatoes, stock, and you're like, ingredients. All right, I get it. I, look, I would, you'd have to reach out to uh, the Sports Honchos listeners here on this one as far as, you know, who the heck was who's watching it. Uh, I tell you what, for my money, um, Leslie, who used to be on Saturday Night Live. Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones. Uh, she yes. does commentary. You know, I don't know if you know she used to do commentary on – Game of Thrones and stuff. As she's watching it, she would make commentary. Oh, she does on. a podcast on, okay. No, not so much a podcast. She would primarily do this on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Oh, okay, you okay. Know. But anyway, if, if you want to laugh your ass off, there's nothing better than Leslie Jones commentating on um, synchronized swimming. And it's it's hilarious because it gives you a little touch. She's actually been, I think a lot of her, her video content has been banned by NBC Sports and the that Olympics because they don't like it. It's like, are you kidding me? That would get, and she even said it, and I agree with her, it would get more people to watch it if she was allowed to commentate on it. It's absolutely oh, that's hysterical. That's true. That's so, true. Uh, I think she's, she's got a point there. I think NBC should welcome anything they can to get ratings, which will lead me into a conspiracy theory that I have a little bit later on in the show, Graham. Oh, we have to wait, huh? Yes. But so not anyway, you had a serious this. question about this Olympics? I know. Uh, I just, uh, just a thought that is that – does that potentially play a factor? I mean, what you said is absolutely true as so well. So you're not People driving around the streets with your American flags on your car after the U.S. women's volleyball team just won their first gold indoor. No, uh, the or men's when basketball team won. And the uh, women's basketball team won another, like, seven, seven oh, gold buddy, medals. How about, I mean, are you okay after um, the U.S. women's soccer team losing? I mean, Canada won the gold first time. I ever. almost I almost didn't do the show. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I just sat in, the, I sat in darkness for hours. Look, That's I'm going to say this. The light switch. I'm going to say this. There are okay. some. I haven't been watching it, but I've been following some highlights uh, and giving the Bravo and congrats on Twitter and stuff because um, that's where I hang out if I'm doing anything socially on social media, not socially, social medialy. Yeah, I have <laughs> we a get. Life. But anyway, um, there are. I give them so much credit. Uh, a lot of them work so hard to get there, and I know this is a difficult time in terms because it's not because you bring up a good point. It doesn't have the fans. It doesn't have the the audience, and and it, you kind of you, you kind of long for that as an athlete to be you know performing on that level and that stage. And yeah, this is a tarnished Olympics because of the current times and COVID and and everything else. But I don't want to. I mean, we 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 have a fun here. We laugh. Um, but I don't want to take anything away from the hard work that these athletes have put into their performance. And I am absolutely, as an American, uh, we're, we're leading the, uh, the the medal count again. Uh, I think that's incredible. I think that's always something that the United States that makes me proud of because we've been basically and probably are like you know whether we're a selfish, spoiled country, you know, maybe lazy in, in certain aspects. Um, you know, on certain levels, we kind of have that bad image. But here's the U.S. Olympic team, especially in the Summer Olympics. Uh, Winter Olympics is a little different. We, we yeah. kind of do good up there, but I, I don't think we've ever 
really uh, taken home. No, the there. summertime is our is our that's our stage. So in in short, congratulations to all our uh, American right. athletes. I'm incredibly proud of them. Bravo, and to their families. There's some great stories. Uh, the the wrestler that won the other day too, uh, it's great stuff. You, you see the reactions from uh, the families watching. Uh, some of the um, you know the uh, the gymnasts have done some some great stuff all across the board. So um, we laugh, we joke here, but. Uh, I didn't watch the Olympics because uh, I don't lie. I'm not going to bullshit you, but I am watching the highlights. And congratulations to all our U.S. athletes for kicking yeah, ass and this, over there. This is it's great that we're leading in the medal count, and, and by no means am I suggesting that by because because people are not watching as much that their accomplishments are diminished. I mean, it's Thank you. I think their accomplishments may actually be uh, magnified because of the conditions and the lack of support they have in terms of who they can bring the athletes can bring to the games and fans in the stands and so on. So it's, it's always like, these are the best athletes in the world. And a lot of them are doing it. Unlike, you know, the men's basketball team, for instance, this is, I don't you know, know. The, this is really the best athletes in the world. This is their job. I mean, they're not getting paid to do this. This they're doing it for love of the game, not to sound too hokey. Well, a lot um, of them get some deals. They get some, yeah, but they get, they, they get, they have to rely upon those things. They're, they're making many sacrifices to do this. And as much as we say, we yell and scream, the Olympics should be postponed, canceled, whatever. That's fine. I wasn't one of those. Oh, was but I? Yes, I was. It's on tape. Yeah. But it's, you know, we forget sometimes that there's thousands of people who have put in years and years and years of work um, just to show up, just to be part of it, even if they don't win a medal. So, yes, congrats to all the athletes, those that participated, and especially to the Americans who dominated the uh, the medal count, which is, you know, great. I mean, there's it's nice America. that America America needed something good because for several years now, America has not needs been cast, nothing, Rob. Has not been Stop cast it. in Are the best Are you kidding me? Lights. How can you say that? America needs nothing. We have it all. But I I'm can saying, walk into the next town. All right, I will never go hungry. See, folks, Paul in the next actually, town. Okay, this, we have it. Actually, listen to me. I said America has been cast in a very bad light over the last few years. Who? So this is good for America on the By world who? stage. What are we? Who are we? Who are we worse than right now? Name them. France. Worse? It's not France? a. This, this is not a ranking of countries. Huh? I'm just Russia? saying there are countries around China? the world. Okay, I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna there, go out baby. for a smoke while Paul lists a bunch of countries that are doing worse than us. <laughs> We're the I'm best nearly... country in the world, baby. Okay, that's great. We're Americans. We should feel that way. All my point is that there are countries, some of whom used to be are more friendly with us, who may not think too highly of oh, us. Cameroon? Lately. What? All right, we can. Let's just move on now. No, I want names. Right, Who's giving us the business? Paul Cuthbert. Because we will bomb the shit out of him. Okay. Hey, everybody. That's Paul Cuthbert <laughs> speaking. Paul Cuthbert's views and opinions are not necessarily those of Robert Cuny or the sports honchos <laughs> or the Gross Sports Media Company. So if bombing were to commence based upon yeah. Minister of Defense I'll Paul Cuthbert. Right now, there's a few B-52s headed back okay. over to the other side of the world. You know, they might accidentally drop one or two. You better keep your mouth shut. USA. Right, you heard it. USA. All right. Talk some I've never felt more patriotic than I do right now. Woo! The drums Fire are back, baby. Fuse. <laughs> 
sports honchos, sports news, sports ramblings, and so on and so Fire such. up the B-52s, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> keep your mouth shut. They're up there flying 24-7. Sleepy Joe has got to just press one button. It's all over. All right, buddy. What's going one on the in the poppers. land of the uh, NCAA, pal? Football, one of the bombers, One of the bombers should be called non-compliant meat. There you go. Just so we get that name out there. All right. Well, for those that remember, uh, one of the hallmarks of the sports honchos is that every time we do a show, it seems like a baseball Hall of Famer kicks the bucket. Well, uh, good news, sort of. No, as of 11.07 this morning, uh, Willie Mays still with us, and no other baseball Hall of Famer has passed. But we did lose this morning. Uh, one of the great college football coaches and a member of the College Football Hall of Fame, uh, Bobby Bowden, died this morning at the age of 91, uh, pancreatic cancer complicated by COVID-19. So uh, just a quick shout out to uh, the Florida State, former Florida State coach from 1976 through 2010. That is a long run. He has 377 victories. 129 losses and four ties, placing him number two in career coaching victories behind uh, Penn State's Joe Paterno. He won two national championships. His team's finished in the top five of the Associated Press rankings every season from 1987 to 2000, and they were unbeaten. This is quite a run. Unbeaten in bowl games from 1982 to 1995. So that's 14 seasons in a row of never losing a bowl game, and a lot of those bowl games were big-time bowl games, not the ones that, like, the Not the Cracker Jack bowl, bowl. Or the Cracker Jack Bowl, or the ones that, you know, or are the great-looking hair bowl. Was there ever a great-looking G- hair bowl? There should be. Get two bald coaches every year to be in the GLH Bowl. <laughs> so just a quick, you know, tip of the honcho's cap to Bobby Bowden. Um, he will be missed. Now, he will be missed, Bobby. Did so they call the BB for short? We are... Three weeks, I think, less than three weeks away from the start of college football season. Uh, you know, with hopefully. How you, I mean, how are you doing? I mean, I know we're going to get to the uh, National Mediocrity League in a little while here, but uh, you're 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 a football dude. I mean, it's it's like this is like Christmas. I mean, I mean preseason football now, college football coming. I mean, I'm are you I'm okay? fully erect. Oh, you didn't have to go there. <laughs> I don't need that. No, I'm sorry, emotionally erect. I left out the word emotionally. I'm emotionally turgid. Damn it. <laughs> Hey, you, if you'll pardon the pun, put the ball right on the team. If I had a commercial right now, I'd be going to commercial. So I'd go to the bathroom and throw up. You're the one that put it out there. No, 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 no. I asked you a very, you know, kind of, you know, you're feeling good. You must be excited. I I didn't need you to go there. Yes, I am extremely thrilled that football is almost back. More on that when we get to a more meaty NFL roundup than we've had in uh, several weeks. But the big news from the college front, and again, the games, the real games themselves start in a few weeks, usually the weekend before Labor Day weekend, so we're getting close, is conference realignment. You know, the, the NCAA football conferences, the Division One conferences, are slowly eroding. First, we had Oklahoma and Texas leaving the, leaving, uh, the Big 12 for the SEC starting in 2025. That's not official, but it's inevitably going to happen. Um, They've already notified sponsors. They've notified the conference. The SEC is welcoming them with open arms. Now the Big 12 and the Pac-12 
are meeting to discuss a partnership. Look, it's very simple. Uh, now that the NCAA has loosened up its restrictions on name, image, and likeness, and now the arms race has begun for the best recruits, the high school recruits, to get them to come to these colleges where exposure is greater and the potential for revenue is greater based on your name, image, and likeness, now teams are moving around. Now teams want to get to the big conferences. The SEC, when it comes to college football, is the biggest game in town. You've got Alabama. You've got Auburn. You have Louisiana State. Um, I'm sure SEC would like Clemson to move into the SEC. So here's where this, what should happen here as we see the musical chairs start. And when the music stops, who's left standing? That has to be the one not in the spotlight. The NCAA should just say goodbye to all of their major conferences when it comes to college football, keep basketball and all the other sports. But all the college football teams should just say, look, forget all this conference, Michigas. Let's get all the teams from the Power Five conferences, the best teams, say 25, 50 of them, whatever it is, the number doesn't matter, and just have a, a super college football conference that really doesn't concern itself with things like academics and paying players and have their own rules and have their own playoff system and keep the bowl games as part of their postseason playoffs and just keep all the money for themselves because the grip the NCAA has on these schools is slowly loosening. So the NCAA should just admit it. We can't keep hold of these football teams. We're barely holding on to our basketball teams. And let all these colleges, again, the Power Five, your Pac-12, Big 12, SEC, ACC, Big East, all the other conferences just merge into one super conference. You know, people have been, for years since the USFL folded, have been saying, where's the rival league to the NFL? Well, this is it, except it's college. You have your college leagues on Saturdays and Fridays. You have the NFL on Sunday. And just be your own entity. Stop paying lip service to, you know, the academic principles of the colleges you represent and just say, look, you want to come play football? You want to get paid? Maybe get an education. We're going to stop the pretense of we're academic institutions first and football factories second. We play football. That's what we do. Come to USC. You'll get paid for your name, image, and likeness. You may get an education. You may not. But we're going to play in the playoffs for a huge payout that we only have to share with a few other schools and not you know, every school in the country. That's where this is ultimately headed. Not tomorrow, not next week, but as the teams start moving around the chessboard of this conference realignment, at some point they just got to say, what are we doing? Let's stop competing with each other for conferences and just make one semi-professional league that happens to represent colleges. That's where it's headed. I don't know when, but that's just what it feels like, especially now with the, pro the proposal on the table for a 12-team college football playoff. Hey, Rob, is this common where teams or, um, you know, schools can decide where they want to play? It used to not be common, uh, but now it seems to happen all the time. I mean, you remember the Big Ten, Maryland left the ACC, a founding member of the ACC, to go to the Big Ten. It used to be geographic, and now it's just, And they can just you know, go. They can just money. say, hey, look, we're out of here. We're going to Big Ten. Right. There's no, uh, you can't, there's qualifications, well, this, that, have, geography, all that crap. There are contracts with the conference, but it's like any contract, there's an end date. 
So that's why the the, the Texas and Oklahoma are waiting to 2025 because otherwise they got to pay whatever the contract termination fee is. So they're when that contract ends, see you later. I believe uh, Michigan, which is in the Big Ten, that that spot, I, I, the story is a little murky, but that spot many many years ago was originally owned owned. I put that in quotes by the University of Chicago, which hasn't played major professional sports in you know 80 years. But they agreed to permanently loan that seat in the Big Ten to Michigan. Are there so, only ten teams in the Big Ten? There's like a hundred now. So <laughs> could, I think there's twelve, fourteen, but they keep calling it the Big Ten. So, so I mean, sorry. So is the Big question, Ten actually becoming the Super Conference that you're talking about? No, the SEC is the conference that's really trying to expand itself by getting Texas and getting Oklahoma, eventually they'll try to woo Clemson in because the ACC, when it comes to football is Clemson and sometimes Florida state when they're having, you know, in the last decade or so, but all of it seems silly. Just forget all this. The conferences don't mean what they used to mean. They don't, they used to be again, geographically divided and they made sense. Again, Maryland being in the Big Ten makes zero sense, but they did it for the dollars. Rutgers in the Big Ten makes zero sense, but oh, the you Big just Ten, said it. you said dollars. The Big Ten, is, right? Is this, they wanted is this money? they wanted New York, and Maryland had the DC markets. But I'm saying they can make more money if they just shelve all this conference nonsense and form their own independent, you know, college level league where all the teams compete. They can earn more money. They don't worry about the NCAA looking over their shoulder because they can break free of the NCAA. That's where this is all headed. The NCAA eventually is going to break into pieces like Ma Bell broke into pieces 100 years ago into you know Southwest Bell and Pacific Bell and Bell Atlantic and whatever. So just they're ex- the process is being accelerated now that colleges can woo high school recruits on the basis of the potential for earning money off your name, image, and likeness. That's where this is headed. It's exhausting. Or that's, what, that's, that's what detonated this time bomb, as it's it were. Exhausting. I mean, it's, it's exhausting just to kind of keep track on college football. I mean, it's what, 400 games every weekend? Right. It is exhausting. But it could be the, the, the rival league that people have been looking for for almost 40 years now, to rival the NFL is right here under our noses. It's college football. Is it and necessarily you, a rival? Isn't it basically it's it's well, its own entity? It's it's its own. Well, a rival entity. rival is rival is not the right word. And I'm it's talking in, an in terms of in terms of media, in terms of right. You know, being able to watch it. I mean, all the conferences. I mean, regionally, as far as those regional networks who depend on that. You know, obviously, uh, it's a home game. You know, you got your home crowds and everything else. But as far as uh, audience, and then you know, college football obviously is a national interest. You know, you have right. uh, you know, you're a Notre Dame fan down there in Maryland, and um, you know, I am. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to sneak, when, when, was when trying to that, sneak that in. Just making sure you're still. When did that happen? Make sure you're awake, buddy. Okay. But you know, like I said, you know, you might be a um, you know, a UCLA fan on Long Island. You know, so I mean, college football is a great American national thing. I guess for a guy like me who loves the game, uh, loves certain programs, it doesn't really matter to me where they are. I'm right, watching that's them. Not get me change. to the bowl games and get me that. When we've talked about this as far as the championship and the playoffs, 
I mean, I'd love to see that mixed up a little more and get more teams in there. And we, we talked about in depth on the show, and I'm sure it's going to come back up again once we get into uh, the end of the year here. But as far as, you know, all these conferences and everything else, I honestly don't give a big old ass hoot. Right, and, and that's what I'm saying. That allure, what conferences used to mean, doesn't mean that anymore. Now, people still love college football. They still root for their alma maters. They still root for teams for other the reasons. they're going to do it. I mean, let me ask you, do they give them a trophy? If you win the Pac-10, uh, do, you, do you get a trophy? Yeah, you get some sort of trophy. See, I mean, like, you know, like when the, you know, you like win the conference in the NHL, you get the, you know. Well, they can have the divisions. Conference. They can the have a super conference. The conference. I mean. Yeah, give them a they trophy, super, and then maybe there'll right. be more interest. They'll have, they and can then have, banners. They get to hang banners. As I said, you could still make this, and, and just to add some more flair to it, let's say you have twenty-five teams. You know, five divisions of five teams each. You can have your banners and trophies, but you can also have um, relegation. Oh, relegation! If a team, if a team isn't you know up to snuff, you can say you know these five colleges, you're out. I am, and I am bring the next five up. It's, I love relegation. Like, I love how they do that in the Premier League. Like, if your mm-hmm. franchise sucks, yeah. give somebody else a chance. I think they should do that in Major League Baseball. I think they should do that in the NHL. Drop drop the Sabres down to the AHL and let the, uh, the Rochester Americans come up, hey, man. Serious question as a soccer fan. Does relelegation... Does it do what it's intended? Does it really make teams no, that get relegated five, try harder? Teams, no, the, the five, top five, six, seven richest teams in the league are always going to be there because they're always going to have the best players. It's really just for the bottom half, and they just kind of flip-flop. And I mean, for, for a known uh, you know, franchise uh, in the Premier League to take a major nosedive, that usually means that the, just the organization is being run into the ground right. and there's nobody wants to play there. Uh, and that's it. And then it's a lot of fun for some of the smaller, um, you know, Premier, uh, Premier League teams or the cities, I should say, to get a chance. Like that's what they're playing for. The 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 um, the teams outside the Premier League are having that fun. It's just a, it's right. more of a way to generate interest and and that fun for those lower caliber teams to get back into the Premier League. And then yeah, it puts the fear of God and some of the and there's money involved, obviously. You get bumped out of the Premier League, you, you lose a ton of money, you get in, you gain money for your um, your franchise and your team and everything else. So that's important. But it's always the bottom of the barrel down there. Like Manchester United, Manchester City, Tottenham, they're never going to get relegated. And, and, and forgive me if they ever have. I don't think it's ever happened before, uh, maybe back in the, the days of black and white TV. But you're gonna, you know, your 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 Arsenal's and Liverpool, they're those same six, seven, the top ten in the Premier League is pretty much always going to be there. The team that gets relegated, are they the first team to get bumped back up? If they meet us, if once no, another team gets to, relegated, no, they. I think they, they. You start all over with a fresh season, mm-hmm. and you got to go out there. And um, I, I, I have to look at it. I'm not going to bullshit here technically, but I believe. You know, depending on on the the team that gets relegated, if their record, you know, if their set of points that they get is lower than say a team that's outside of relegation, I think that's what gets you in or out. I, I believe, hmm. but we'll have to get some sort of a soccer. We'll have to get Coach on. Lanham back on the show yeah, to explain the relegation process yeah, to the us. Lacrosse, right. the, get the lacrosse coach on to talk about soccer. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. We moving on here? NCAA, we'll wait for Yeah, we're, we're good. That's we're good. really all that's happening. All right, because it's been a long time, and you know how much I love this segment in this tune, baby. 
Time for some hockey. Yeah, the summer still. Some hoops. Mostly over in the Olympics. And baseball, baby. San Francisco Giants, 70 wins. Come on, Rob. Put your hands together. Nope, still no clapping. I didn't practice in the few weeks we were off. The Yankees are back. The Mets are doing their usual. Yeah. How great is dive. it? How great is it that the, the, the Yankees have a guy named Gallo and Rizzo? <laughs> Love it, baby. Don't mess with the fucking Yankees. Just Rizzo when, and just Gallo. Just when you think we're out, we come back in, baby. They got Joey Bag of Donuts. Yes. <laughs> and Love and it. Tony Two Gums. Right. <laughs> Tony Two Guns Rizzo. Making everybody else <laughs> in the squad step up, baby. Squad up. As they say in the hashtags in the Twitterverse. Oh, buddy. Well, where do you want to start, man? I mean, hockey, hockey, hockey. I guess let's let's talk about the former active sports, the two for, uh, two leagues that are out of season, and yeah, then we'll get we, into some major league baseball. Um, so a couple things that I wanted to talk about. One, then we'll get to Evander Kane in a moment. The, uh, the Blackhawks. Hold on, I'm following his Twitter feed. I want to see who should bet on this weekend. Go ahead. The Blackhawks are all in for the 2021-2022 season. Seth Jones, Marc-Andre Fleury, um, you know, it's it's win next year or bust. Just wanted to get your opinion on uh, Fleury, who said he may retire. That was a surprise by being being traded from the Knights, you know, where he's been a stalwart for them to Chicago. But Chicago's, they're, they're looking at next year or bust. Maybe the year after, but it's it's win now, and then the, well, it Tays, makes sense, Kane, it? the Tays and Kane era will come to an end, I suppose. Well, that's it. I mean, that's the, the uh, natural evolution in the National Hockey League as far as hockey teams are concerned. I mean, mm-hmm. your your Capitals basically kind of went that way this past season. They went for it. Right. And uh, Char and so on and so forth. And congratulations, Ovi's back. For another yeah, 23 that, years. That was, uh, right. yeah, that was the least suspenseful moment in Capitals history. Was he going to sign, re-sign with the Caps? Really? I, th- I thought he had a, I thought he might have done something different. No. No. I he might have. No, it's the one thing I know Ted Leonsis, even that owner can't screw up. Uh, you know, you only ran off your only Stanley Cup winning coach in franchise history, but they're not going to get rid of. Um, a guy who's going to skate into the Hall of Fame the second he's eligible, and who's really been the face of Washington sports for at least the last decade, certainly since they won the Cup. So there was no chance that he wasn't going to resign. And, and he, he loves it here, which I know doesn't mean that much when the dollars come a-calling, but he really is a fabric of the community here. Well, I think more than anything, what I like about him resigning with the Caps and him chasing a couple of Gretzky's records. So I like mm-hmm. that. And if he can stay with one team, I'm always for that. Like guys like what I'm always what I love about Sid and Ovi who came in together, they're still with their teams. Obviously they've had they both won championships. Sid Sid obviously having a little more success than Ovi, but it doesn't matter. You win one, that's you're golden from there. Yeah. You only uh, need one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Ovi and, and Sid are both uh, future Hall of Famers, no doubt about it. Um, and they still got a couple of years left in the tank, so they're going to be around here. And But I love the fact that uh, Ovi's going to give us this bit of a show here for the next few seasons and chase these records for old guys like me and you who have grown up yep. with uh, hockey in the late 70s and all the 80s and, and watching Gretzky and all those great moments and great milestones. So I think that's uh, super. Swinging back to the Hawks here, you know, Flurry ending up, you know, ending up to me is like, he, that's how he got to Chicago. I, I'm, I, I don't know. 
Vegas, you might see Vegas now start taking this nosedive. Right. Obviously, an expansion team, Stanley Cup finals, a couple of Western Conference finals, getting close and everything else. I don't understand what DeBoer's thinking was with Flurry and and Lanner because the the Knights don't even get a sniff unless it's Marc-Andre Fleury, the way he played. And you know what? He's not a perfect netminder. The only perfect netminder out there, and he's not even perfect, and that's Vasilevsky on, on, on Tampa Bay. You know, you look at Carey Price, who gets them yep. to the Stanley Cup Finals, and then he struggles. I mean, that's a game-in, you know, week-in, week-out uh, sport that is so uh, mentally tough to actually play, physically challenging, uh, fastest game in the world, brutal, physical, and everything else. So, um, you know, Mark andre has had that history. Like I said, he's a Stanley Cup champion. He's got nothing to worry about. But what I'm getting at here with the Hawks, you know, it's a good young team. Carlton's a good, uh, pretty good coach. Uh, they had, a, you know, they, they had that success last year in the bubble where they won the first round. I think they they beat the Oilers. I think it was. And then they, um, for the first half of the season this year, in the 56-game season, they had a really successful run. Uh, but Lankinen is a great young goaltender in Chicago. And I just kind of feel for a guy like Flurry that he's, you know, and he's, I guess he's at that age in his career here. But I think he's going to end up in the same situation. And I'm with you. And more power to the Hawks. They're, they're kind of, they got this young team. They've made some you know, different choices. I don't know if it's a last hurrah. I don't know if the Hawks are necessarily going to get into a long run in the playoffs now that the NHL is coming back to a full 82-game season, full playoff format again. That's a long road. Got to stay healthy. Uh, the whole nine, everything that's involved in the NHL. But in the end, if the Hawks do get there magically some way with K's and, and Taze and Run, and I love the set, the, the, both Jones brothers coming there. It's going to be huge. It's amazing. They're going to be a fun. They already were. They made themselves a fun, exciting team this year, the Hawks. They totally did. They were a lot of fun to watch. Um, looking forward to seeing Taze coming back. Seth Jones, I love the guy. I think that's just fantastic. I, I'm uh, I got a soft spot for the Hawks too. I'm a, an old fan of the, you know, just all their teams over the years. Love the sweater, um, the colors, all that stuff. We've talked about it here, Chicago Stadium, great memories and everything else. But for Mark Andre Fleury as an individual player, I think he's eventually going to be the odd man out when it comes down to it down the road. Um, but and yeah, then, I, I feel Collins, bad. Uh, he's what? It's uh, second, third, uh, not second. Yeah, maybe second, third year coach here. Uh, you know, still trying to distance himself from the great years of Coach Q in Chicago. So we'll see how it turns out, you know? Yeah, and I, and I feel bad for Fleury. The, the book on Fleury seems to be, you know, they remember his failures in the playoffs, but no one ever remembers that you get to the playoffs with him. He's won you a cup, and what follows him is not cup success. It was the same thing in Pittsburgh. What follows him is not cup success. It's he perceived an expansion franchise. Right, to the exactly. Stanley Cup Finals. But people can't, for some reason, whether it's in Vegas or in Pittsburgh, uh, there's this this hatred of Flurry and this blaming of of all that all the playoff failures. Never mind, there's been in Pittsburgh certainly much more playoff success than playoffs failures. But and as you said, it's a grind. They don't. It, it may seem like every team makes the playoffs in the NHL, but that's not true. So to get a team there and to get a team to a top seed and to make it to the conference finals, make it to the Stanley Cup finals, it's a lot of games in a short period of time. You got to be at your best. And 
I, I feel bad that this what follows him is is people still label him in Pittsburgh even as a loser. The uh, guy won you a cup. I know Matt Murray had a lot to do with it. Had a lot to do with yeah, the second, well, I believe. But that's but still, somebody better is going to come along, right? Yeah, but Flurry is someone that needs to be. When Flurry walks into a bar or restaurant in Pittsburgh, and maybe even in Vegas, people should stand up and applaud. I'm sure they do. It shouldn't be. Oh, there's the guy that you know was a loser for us. Get out of here with that shit. Look, he's, he's and I'm not even a Penguins fan, but I feel bad for the guy. Don't feel the bad f- for him. He's rich. Okay, number one. Well, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, you know, what number I mean. two, he's a champion. All right, and then um, two things that I'm not. By his the way. teammates, all his teammates, fucking love and adore the guy. You know, so he's he's okay. Right. You know? The fans know nothing. Fuck him. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. That's the motto of the sports on shows. That's the right. fans. We're very know angry nothing. because we him. told you we were coming back, and you and you all said don't come back. But we're right. here. We don't care. So fire up the we bombers, the baby. Mark Andre Fleury of sports podcasts. Okay, so we have one bomber named Noncompliant Meat and one bomber named Mark Andre Fleury. <laughs> oh, We're with you, Flo. All right, should we talk about Evander Kane for a moment? Sure, if, if this, you'd like to. This, this, I just, I just want to ask this one question about Evander Kane of the Sharks. This story that he bet on his own games and tried to lose for gambling profit, is this... A true – did this really happen or is this just some, some sort of an attempt by Mrs. Kane uh, to somehow tarnish his reputation? Because after she posted this allegation that her husband was betting on his own games, uh, Anna Kane, uh, post on Instagram that Evander Kane was betting on games and trying to lose games for profit, also said in a separate post – uh, accused her husband of spending this is from the SPN.com report in a separate post Anna Kane accused her husband of spending lavishly partying in Europe while asking her to sell her wedding ring to survive and wrote about not being able to afford baby formula for their child now the NHL is taking her allegations about gambling seriously but I I, I have my, uh, my hat of skepticism is on about this whole was he really uh, involved in gambling allegations. Well, everybody should until it ends up in court and there's evidence. Right. I mean, yes, I just it just seemed a little the timing of it seemed a little suspect right after she accused well, her husband. Well, here, here well, let's 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 pick out some of the obvious stuff here. And I hope that's not we true. We know Evander Kane has serious gambling problem. He does. So it does have some credence because so it's not the first it time. It might not be that crazy. That's documented, okay? Right. He, I mean, you could just just look it up, folks. Evander Kane, uh, the money he spent, he's also given, I don't know, given back, or he spent a lot of money on his family, friends, you know. I believe he went bankrupt, didn't he, because of gambling? Yes, he filed bankruptcy, and, yep. then, he get, and then the Sharks gave him a whole brand new contract. Look, for guys like me and you, it's none of our fucking business, right? We're, I'm not losing any sleep over this, yeah. right? Gamble your life away. Just don't yeah. do it on games. I mean, just that because you play. <laughs> I saw him at dinner the other night with Pete Rose, shouldn't raise any way of red No, flags. not at all. Okay? So don't, and Floyd and Floyd Mayweather. Yes. So don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe Michael Jordan was set to join them. They were going to play golf, the four of them. <laughs> and I'm Swiper, not trying to think and of Swiper, famous... Oh, you know who else was there? Swiper the Fox from... Yeah. Swiper, no swiping. Yes. From Dora the Explorer. Dora the I'm trying to think too. of all the famous gamblers in sports. <laughs> oh, I'm sure Arch Schleister <laughs> yeah. offered to pick up the bill. Hey, there's 
your first Arch Schleister reference oh, of the sports man. honchos. Some of the uh, but yeah, like, are there. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe they had. We they could had go the, on and on and on. There was a toast to Arnold Rothstein and the hundredth anniversary of the Black Sox being thrown out of baseball. Look, he's gambled in the past, yes, and I don't care if he gambles all the time. Doesn't matter. It's none of our business. But in every sport, man, that's the line you don't cross. You don't bet on your own teams, and you don't try to lose for profit. You don't try to throw games because you're in hock to gamblers. So if that part is true, the NHL should act. But I'm saying I just hope it's not Anna Kane wanting to get back at her husband for her own allegations that he was a bad father, which is also none of our business. So just the timing but, seemed but, a little But also suspect. might be true. Yes, I mean, it might be true. These two things may be true, just the timing seemed to, a little off. So good luck to Evander Kane and the San Jose Sharks. Yes, are you uh, getting season tickets this year? To the San Jose Sharks? No. Yes. <laughs> no, but I will certainly, you know. Well, you know what, you should, you, should, you should mess with them a little bit, though. Go, you should go to the San Jose Sharks website and, like, fill out everything. And then That's just that. say, and then just say only, then just I'll say write it. a... <laughs> And then you'll have I'll write a, a sales guy email and call you for months. Sure. And I'll say, is, like is, the guys is that, from MSG do to me? Is that sinner Evander Kane still on the team? I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. All right. Let's, uh, as far as the rest of that, um, there's enough hockey coming down the pipeline, so we got loads of time for that. I'm, I, we don't have enough time today to steer into no. left and right. Corners. Uh, if you want more hockey talk, as always, you can call the Sports Honchos at our hotline, 911. Yes. Operators Gary are Bet- Gary Bettman is standing by. He's not doing anything else right now. No. He's got plenty of well, time. Well, he's to always talk home to. counting his money. Yeah, he'll take your answer off the air. <laughs> All right, let's move into the National Basketball Association here, Mr. Cuny. What do you got for us? Um, well, you know, congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks, your NBA champions. Woohoo! Uh, Congratulations to the men's. That's and right. The men's. last time we were on the air, the Phoenix Suns were leading the series. Yeah. So congratulations to them. Congratulations to the men's and women's basketball, national basketball teams for winning gold medals. But to me, the most interesting thing that's happened, you know, free agency and contracts in the NBA are such a mess and so complicated. But here's what I do know. If you ever saw the movie Space Cowboys, Clint Eastwood, Tommy Lee Jones, and a couple other ultra cockers. I think Donald Sutherland may have been one of them. Four retired astronauts that go into space, each one of them well past the eligibility point for Social Security, um, came out about 15, 20 years ago. I can't remember when. It was a, a meh movie. But, you know, it's old guys getting back together again for one last hurrah into space. Well, that's what the Los Angeles Lakers are doing, or as I like to call them, the Ingleside Lakers, because what, what they've collected – there in Los Angeles as LeBron James tries for one more title before he finally hangs them up sometime in the 22nd century um, is, is a roster of guys well past 30, well into the back nine of their careers. So listen to these ages of the players they currently have. And they just got Carmelo Anthony, who is the grandpa of that group. You got LeBron James at 36, Dwight Howard at 35, uh, Russell Westbrook, he's the kid in the group at 32. Carmelo Anthony, 37. Mark Gasol, 36. Trevor Ariza, 36. Wayne Ellington, 33. Now, Anthony Davis, 
who's the second best player on that team, is 28. But he's got the body of a 100-year-old because he's so oft injured and so fragile. Now, look, to you and I, Paul, those ages are well in our rearview mirror. We'd love to be 36 and 35 again. But for an NBA team with zero chemistry, with all these new guys coming in, all set in their ways, all playing different kinds of styles of basketball, this is what I'm going to watch most closely. How are these ultra-cockers, as my people would say, going to play together? And is this just going to be a mess of an idea? They've traded away their youth. Talk about winning now. They better win by halftime. <laughs> so anyway, that's to me the most interesting, most fascinating thing. How are these? How are the Ingleside Lakers going to play together this year? They might with, surprise you, pal. They'll probably win the championship four games to none over the Brooklyn Nets, and I'll be made to look like a fool once again. But that's okay. No, that's all right. I'm. I'm. If I was worried about looking like a fool, I wouldn't be a teacher. I would just. I would just. I would want to be the waiter. Uh, on the road when these guys go out to dinner. Because uh, I would imagine the tip would be phenomenal. Because uh, if you look you would, at the bankroll, so. look at the bankroll that these guys oh. have made over their careers. It's 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 insane. Yeah, these you know, guys. Why, why not? Why not? It's the Lakers. No, I think it's, it's fun. It's Tinseltown. Let's just go have a ball. King James, look, you can't. You know, we've we talked about uh, LeBron here. He look, he's phenomenal. He, you know, he's not perfect. He can't be in every NBA championship every year. You know, him and Steph no. Curry. You know, they they alternate. They take turns. You know, it's a breath of fresh air for the Bucks to win it this year. I'm, I mean, we still have to. You had homework. What the, what were the ratings? No, oh, I the dog ate my homework. Sorry, oh, man. LeBron James ate my homework. But you know what? We can look forward to this, my friend. We'll, we'll do this. We'll we'll. I want you to come up. You got more homework here. We'll come up with some kind of L.A. Lakers weekly theme when we get back on a weekly schedule when the fall returns, the NBA and the NHL season come back. Uh, the Yankees will be on their run to their uh, World Series championship. And we, we'll be able to talk about the Lakers in and around that. And we'll come up with, we'll, we'll, like, the Ingleside Lakers segment. We'll see how they're doing, where the points are, where they Who's are. Who's broken the their hip? Yeah, I, I know. I, <laughs> but I think this is a good idea because I think following this team and see how they do – and it will say a lot about the rest of the league, and definitely that conference and their division, and then we'll go from there. Are they going to rename the Staples Center the uh, Life Alert Center? That's <laughs> Look, man, get your bell ready. Get all the puns. Get them I'm ready, ready, Rob. For all you Lakers fans out there, we're going to bring it to you. We're going to follow this old, aging Space Cowboys basketball team all the way to the promised land. All the way to the moon. Whether they get back and again, back. that's another story. Yeah, that is another story. All right, so uh, we got to hustle up here, Mr. Cooney. Um, we, more M- MLB trade. I thought everybody traded everybody. That was a historic trade deadline. It sure was. Uh, the Yankees got all the best players. So what's what? What is it to talk about? Uh, nothing. Just it was it was fun to watch the Cubs saying, "Okay, we got 2016. We got that out of the way. Leave us alone. Now we're getting rid of everybody. You got you know Tony Two Guns Rizzo on your team. Um, the Nats having their fire sale." I guess the thing that surprised me the most was the Dodgers, who are you know somehow, some way, looking up at the Giants in the National League West. They're the greatest team in the world right now. They, I understand trading for Scherzer and Turner. I get it. You know, as a Yankee fan, that's that's not easy for me to say. But the I San know. Francisco Giants are I the know. greatest baseball team in the world right now. I, I get it. But what I don't understand is with 
Craig Kimbrell out there, who was considered the best reliever on the market, the Dodgers are already had you know Walker Bueller and Jose Urias with his 14, 13 or fourteen wins leading the league, and uh, uh, Clayton Kershaw. Can I forget Kershaw already on that staff? David Price eventually will be healthy again. Why they didn't trade for Craig, Craig Kimbrell instead of because Kenley Jansen is the one thing that's keeping them from overtaking the Giants. That bullpen is a cross your fingers and hope for the best situation when Kenley Jansen comes in. So yes, they 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 brought more sand to the beach by getting another great starting pitcher, but that still leaves them in the same position. Sort of like Here's the Yankees, sort of like you guys piling up on hitters, which is great. But you, you gotta you gotta your pitching staff has so many holes, and I figured that's, that's right, where you because, guys would go. Yeah, well, the Yankees are just gonna pummel everybody. They know that they gotta pummel everybody. They gotta put thirteen runs up and stuff. But the Giants, like I said. Starting pitchers become your relievers in the playoffs. That's what the Nationals did two years ago. That's yes. how they won the World Series. So this is that shouldn't be a surprise to you. That's some smart no. people down there in San Francisco or out there, over there, around there. Yeah. Well, they got they got Chris Bryant, so they you know they filled the, the I guess the one hole they had there. Look, and and hats off to Gabe Kapler who was run out of Philadelphia. Uh, again, Joe Girardi replaced him. It's not like they traded down for Joe Girardi, but I'm happy for him. I don't think he had enough of a chance to make things work in Philly, but he's certainly doing the job uh, out there in San Francisco. So that's hey, what all I had. You know who's not doing the job talk. lately? You know who's not doing the job lately? Uh, let me guess. The New York Metropolitan. The Asians are not playing amazing. Oh, I tell you, these Met fans, oh, May, April, May, June, July, August, oh, my God, the first week, oh, they're the greatest team in the world. They're never there when it counts, baby, and that's October. You cannot win championships in May and June. So stick it up, you're amazing ass. Wow, there's a lot of anger towards the Mets right there. I mean, what a horrible franchise! How do you root well, they, for that squad? They did, they did mess up their most number of these one Mets draft this year. A Jets fans, you have wow. mental problems. Get wow, so much some help. So much anger. What is uh, wrong with you? Uh, I guess you're a you're not a you're not a fan of the Kamar Rocker pick. You're the let draft the pick. Filthy Philadelphia Phillies win that division. And now I know why the Braves didn't make any huge trades. Because they knew they were going to have a chance at the Division 2. Horror show. Get out of town. We only need one team here in New York. And that's the New York Yankees, baby. I can't take it anymore. I got nothing to say to that. I have nothing to add there. Except we can all agree that we hate Philadelphia. (laughs) Yes. Um, so quickly, a couple more baseball McNuggets. Uh, Cleveland Guardians stinks. The logo stinks. I understand Guardians are these sculptures that guard no, the highways. No, 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 Rob, Rob, no. Okay. No, there's no excuse for this You're right, fucking it sucks. horrible name. It there's sucks. no excuse. Should have been, should have been the Spiders. The logo, the name, everything. Terrible. Terrible. Should have been the Spiders. Well, it's like that old thing, name this boat, Bodie McBoat or whatever. You should have just called yourselves the Cleveland Clevelands. Or the Cleveland football team. Or the Cleveland <laughs> baseball team, yes. yeah. No, no, the football team. Yeah, you're right. 
Um, and by the way, this this is exactly why all of Wolfskin Nation should be fearful about what that team comes up with for their name. Or and they logo. should be thankful that their team, their franchise, is taking their time. Yes, well, this too is much pathetic. time. We're going to have a uh, Cleveland Guardians special here one of these days. And it's going to be about 30 now. seconds long. Wolfskin president Jason writes like, Guardians, damn it, that was our first choice. Scratching it off his list furiously. You know, and the morons didn't even go out and look. The, the domain is on. There's a roller derby, men's roller derby team called the Cleveland Guardians. ClevelandGuardians.com is a roller derby team. Bunch of morons! Right, and you know, my thing is, the Cleveland Spiders, apparently there's a copyright issue. Someone owns the rights. You're a billion-dollar enterprise. Pay this guy what he wants. Pay that man his money, as they, as John Nogovich said in Rounders. Up. The Cleveland Crackers. I don't care. Anything. You know, somebody said, I don't, I do not subscribe to this, but I heard the joke made. They should have called themselves. Are you ready? The Cleveland E-N-G-I-N-E-S. The engines. Just to... Nod back to the Cleveland Indian name, dude. They could have called themselves the Cleveland <laughs> Engines, yeah, and that would have been better and almost similar to what they used to be called. And put yeah. a goddamn freaking locomotive on the hat, could better than the Guardians that. and that Lo- logo. Ugh, the Cleveland talk engines, about dreadful. The Cleveland Engines would have been amazing. Yeah, the Guardians, go fuck Stinko. I, I, I think my one year old nephew. Very explicit today. This yeah. shit makes me mad. The, my one-year-old nephew. I'm I a think, graphics guy. A I'm a logo guy. I'm a designer yes. guy. This is all bullshit. of the all of bullshit. the artwork give me, in our social give me media. Seventy-five posts. bucks in two hours. I would have came up with something better than that. I would have done trademark checks. I would have done domain name checks, social media accounts, and everything else. Listen, folks. All of the all of the graphics oh, in our in our Rob. all of the graphics in our social media posts, folks. That's all, Mr. Cuthbert. He's the genius behind the artwork. Uh, and the graphics and the images for our show. So, yes, they could have gone to him for far less than I'm sure they paid the dopes that came up with the Cleveland Guardians logo, and it would have been much better. He I would have done He would have made in 164 next year. Thank you. Yes. You would have made some chicken salad out of that chicken shine. That, Speaking that of chicken logo. salad, what's going on with Trevor Bauer these days? Uh, Trevor Bauer is – I don't think – I think one of the reasons the Dodgers traded for Scherzer is because they realized that Trevor Bauer is never coming never back. Never back, yes. His, his administrative leave has now been extended to August 13th. And apologies um, to the uh, the bobblehead company who made all his bobbleheads. Yes, for that, was camp, that, 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 that is was just, scheduled. That is the saddest story to come out of this. That was scheduled for August 19th. That's been scuttled. Um, his temporary restraining order hearing, uh, the hearing about the woman who issued or filed for a temporary restraining order against him, the hearing for that, the last day of the hearing, will not take place till August 19th. Uh, so baseball... Uh, has just decided to keep extending it. It'll probably be extended longer. I don't foresee him wearing Dodger blue again, even past this season. I think that Trevor Bauer experiment has come to an end, and they'll end up eating that three-year, $102 million contract that they signed him to if they can't trade him. I'm sure somebody, you know, hey, it's, maybe, that's, maybe he can go to the Mets like the Mets wanted him no, to actually, at the beginning see, of the season. The, that's the one positive <laughs> thing about the Mets season this year is that Trevor Bauer did not end up on yeah. that team because I'm telling you right now, if he had been right. on this team, and this was going on right now. But look, you can get all the Trevor Bauer details on his new podcast with Deshaun Watson called Creeps Like Us. And Jared Porter and Mickey Calloway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's on, that's on Mets Like Us. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yes, Mets Like Us. So, yeah, um, 
no matter how badly Lindor was doing this year, no matter what the fans think of that Ooh. signing, it's Ooh. better what? than Trevor Bauer. They don't need that smoke. That's a um, lot of money sitting on the bench. That's all yep. I can say. And the last thing I have for baseball is the Field of Dreams game is coming up on, what's the 12th, 9, 10, on Thursday. Baseball's Field of Dream game is taking place in the same field where the movie was made. Um, the uniforms look great. It's a throwback to the old school Yankee and White Sox uniforms. And it's just something nice. After all, you know, we've been talking about with suspensions and labor unrest and sticky stuff on baseballs and player contracts being out of control and bad signings and bad trades and every all the other Michigas in baseball. This is something baseball's doing. It's nice. It's traditional. It makes you feel like, hey, this game really is something that we like. Watch, and, watch then, the and, then, and then on August 13th. They're going to send a message to the White Sox. And that guy Rusa <laughs> and the rest of those guys. The Yankees, Rizzo and the boys. Garlo, right. Judge. Got Joey Bag of Donuts, Tommy, Tony Two Guns, they're coming Garrett, to town. Garrett Cole, all oh my guys. <laughs> He's my favorite Italian, Garrett Cole. <laughs> Send the message. And then on Friday the thirteenth, baseball are going will go back to being the mess that it always is. But at least for one night, it'll be, you know, something more traditional. Oh, all right. Man. Hey, I'm just glad I'm not a Mets fan. Anyway, all right. Uh, so, the uh, Mets. I'm sorry to Met Nation out there. But it's been hey, it's been a few weeks since Paul's been able to rip one on the Mets. So that's fun. He's unloaded. He feels better. He had a good cry, and uh, we can move on now. Now we can move on to the National Mediocrity League. And uh, last show, if you missed it, oh man, uh, we did our NFL preseason uh, predictions. Yeah, and we narrowed it down. So, uh, Evander Kane and, and any rest of you gamblers out there, put your money on uh, the Bucks, the Packers, and the Chiefs. That's it. Yep. The rest of the fucking league, mediocrity so to look, the tilt. Take it uh, away, Mr. Cooney. What are you talking about? The and NFL you is do this. Back. This has to be a fire shot here. We're, we're running no, out of time. It's going to be so quick. It's going to be fast. The NFL is back. Training camps are open. Uh, sort of. The NFL preseason Started last Thursday. The Steelers beat the Cowboys 16-3. to Were they all vaccinated? Uh, nobody. What? Were they all vaccinated? I have no idea. Are the preseason games vaccinated games? I would hope so. Okay. Uh, nobody cares about the preseason, and that's all the preseason reporting I'll be doing nobody this year. Nobody cares about the regular season. Hey, zip it, you. If you want more preseason talk, you can check out my preseason football podcast <laughs> uh, starting next uh, November. Okay. Um, I love Dan Campbell. You know, we, he was the dope of the week several months ago during when he was hired as Lions coach, talking about biting kneecaps and such and using every cliche in the book. And now we know why. Now we know why he's so over the top. Listen to this morning regimen that head coach Dan Campbell has, Detroit Lions. He drinks two venti Starbucks pike roast coffees, each with two shots of espresso. So that's 80 ounces of... 40 ounces of coffee and four espresso shots every morning. That is the equivalent of drinking 10 Red Bulls every single morning. So my only response is I'm just surprised he's still living and breathing, consuming all that caffeine every single morning. So I'm developing kind of a man crush on the excitable and cuckoo nutty Dan Campbell. uh, His four, maybe five, six, I'll give him six press conferences before he's fired. 
Uh, or he has a stroke post-game. from all that yeah, caffeine. Post-game. I'll give him five or six post-game uh, press conferences, um, but they should be a lot of fun. They should be. Um, Deshaun Watson is at practice, but not actually participating. He's not expected to play in the preseason games. Um, the lawsuits are still pending. There's now 10 criminal complaints filed with the Houston police. Eight of those uh, are from the same 22 women who filed the civil complaints. The Texans have now finally said, we're willing to trade him. You know, but the question is, who's going to trade for this guy now? Because the NFL has not put him on the reserve list for people under investigation, but that could still happen. He could still face a suspension pending the outcome of the civil trials. He could face jail time pending the outcome of the criminal trials. So his trade value is low. I know the Eagles said they were interested. The Dolphins may be interested, which is odd because they have Tua. And they just ran Ryan Fitzpatrick out of town to the Wolfskins. Thank you very much. So, yeah, they want to trade him. I don't think any team would be dumb enough to trade for a guy that may not be around for a full season, may not be around for a couple full seasons, depending upon the outcome of these cases. So there's your Deshaun Watson update. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, as I predicted, is back with Green Bay, and it was all about money, attention, and skipping the offseason workouts. Duh. So it's Duh. Right, exactly. So it's one more ride for Aaron Rodgers, the Packers did restructure his contract, so if he wants to walk away from the Packers at the end of the season, he can. Folks in Green Bay, I don't expect him to ever leave Green Bay. It's just because he is one of the world's great divas, in addition to being one of the world's great quarterbacks. He loves the attention. Don't panic people in Green Bay. And besides, if Jordan Love, his backup, were any good, he would have already been traded. So he's not going anywhere until they find the next Aaron Rodgers to replace him. Can't wait till he's right. sacked. Speaking of old quarterbacks, Carson Wentz, who's not old, is injured in Indianapolis, and it looks like Phillip Rivers might come out of retirement to oh God, no, please. come back. Hey, man, Phillip Rivers, last no. year, first year in Indianapolis, had a, had a good year, no, great please. run in the playoffs for him. Stop but if you're a Colts fan, it's either him or Nick Foles. Which, listen, Nick Foles versus Phillip Rivers. Run for your life if you say that you want Nick Foles back. Because if you want Nick Foles as your quarterback, Colts fans, it'll be great if you get to the Super Bowl. Which is where he shined for Philadelphia once upon a time. But otherwise, you're not going to win with this guy. He's sitting behind Andy Dalton, for God's sakes. I hope that's there's the other wanna... things to do in Indianapolis. That's the guy you want to hit your wagon to? No, I hope you're they have done. Other options, other things to watch. I... Well, that's the sadly they don't have other. They have other things to watch. But sitting behind Carson Wentz right now is a collection of scrubinis, including Jacob Eason and Brett Hundley. So they need something. Wentz off the oft injured Carson Wentz injured again. So we'll see what the Colts come up with. But Rivers or Foles is a better plan than the, uh, again, collection of has-beens and never was is sitting behind him. And finally, in the NFL roundup, my beloved Wolfskins have started down a path, a slippery slope that could take them somewhere they desperately don't need to be. They have recently announced that you can no longer wear face paint or Native American headdresses to home games. Now, I understand 
they're getting away from the name, they're getting away from the imagery, and really not a lot of people not a lot of people go to the games, period. But not a lot of people come to the games wearing face paint or headdresses. So this policy doesn't affect that many people. Our super fan, Chief Z, passed away years ago. He wore the whole Native American regalia. So really, this affects virtually nobody. But the thing that scares all of us in Redskins Nation is this is a slippery slope to we're not going to play. You can't sing the fight song, Hail to the Redskins in the stands. You can't wear old paraphernalia that has the Redskins name and logo on it. They haven't said they're going to do that. But they could. This is the first step down that slope. And that, I think, is a bridge too far for most fans. Oh, come on. You know, you, if they say, you if they people, say, you people, if they say we can't wear our old jerseys into the stadium and can't wear hats with the Redskins logo on it, do me that's. Favor. You know, do me a favor. You know, one year, just do it. Change the name of the team to the Whiteskins. Please. Just do it. Good. It's not about we're changing all the team. Shit. We're all Whiteskin stuff. Good. I would Carl, listen. That, it's better than Washington football team. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sure. Right. I, you know it's what? not about the changing year, the name. You know, about picking out the color. Skins. The Good. name change is not the issue. It's the issue of you still have all these old, all these. I don't think we need. I don't think we need uh, people who are non of Indian descent wearing Indian shit. No, that part I'm okay with. I don't care about the headdress and the you face paint. That's it. fine. It's done, Rob. You got to let it go, man. It's but if I want to proudly wear my John Riggins Redskins jersey as into FedEx Field. As long as the logo's not on it, and as long as it doesn't say Redskins. Actually, fine. the logo is not the problem. The name is the problem. Speaking of which, by the way, the, just to The name back, and the logo's the problem. But have you seen the logo? Of course you have. It looks just like the Blackhawks logo. Except no, but the Blackhawks is, 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 is different. It is? Yeah, because they're called it, Blackhawks. No, no. I'm not talking about the name. I'm talking about just the logo. What's wrong with the, the But the, to me, I've always seen the Blackhawks logo. something wrong with the Blackhawks logo. logo. The Blackhawks logo is more of a uh, a more neutral uh, presentation of Yes, the, we are in agreement. So, so is the Redskins logo. Nah, the Redskins, uh, you know, the red, it's a little dark red. It's a little, yeah. It's a little, okay, Mr. Nitpicky. You know, it's a little, you know. By the way, how is it and that it's, in and they're called skins and it's red skins. How is it? It's how skins. is it? I guess I call, you know, just like I said, make, just call it white skins next year and then do, uh, I don't know, the Irish. We call it green skins the following year. You know, mix it up. How is it, by the way, that in 2018 the Indians dropped the Chief Wahoo logo, but here three years later, three years later they're still selling Chief Wahoo gear on Amazon, the same company that said they would never again see, sell uh, Redskins paraphernalia. So, uh, Riddle no, me see, that. No, well, look, I tell you what. As far as I'm concerned, the Cleveland Indians mm-hmm. to me is not a bad name. Now, I, I can't speak for it. I'm not. A, I'm not. I don't have Indian descent. But that logo, it, but, though, that but the logo, yes, like that. That's wrong. But I don't. I don't know why they still couldn't have been called the Cleveland Indians. I mean, the Florida they, State Seminoles is still. It's a pro- right. it's representing a tribe. I mean, there's nothing to me as long as it's done respectively. Right. I don't. I don't, I don't think, think the that, Redskins that was change. really done respectively. So I think I have a little more problem with that. Now I know, like I'm I said, not, you grow I'm up not... with the team. You know, you, you you can't see past it. You're you're just. It's more important that your team is called this because it's you know, it's your heir. <laughs> I'm just saying, if they want to, you know, the name is being changed. That's fine. I hope the logo will probably be stupid. The name will be dopey. And that's fine. I'll still root for them. But I'd like to know that if I walk into the stadium. 
a, a team that made money from me purchasing these hats and sweatshirts and jerseys that I can still wear them without being banned from the stadium because I don't want my team burying its head and saying, we were never the Redskins, we're the Washington football team or the Washington Monuments now, and no relics of the past. We're going to change all the imagery in the stadium from the old Redskin jerseys to the new jerseys. We'll just retrofit you know, a Red Wolves jersey onto John Riggins busting through the line on fourth and one in the Super Bowl for that game-winning touchdown. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's you can't, slope, you can't just scrub brush away yeah, I know, but does, you know, all that history. I don't know. I guess maybe we should have this conversation with a, uh, an Indian tribe around us and see how they feel. Yeah, but if you well, if you've done your homework like I have, you would know that the all of the research that the team did for the last twenty or so years on the name and how Native Americans approached it, it was overwhelmingly positive. The name, yeah. At worst, how, it was many, at worst it was neutral, was it, and that you know, was not. Did, that's did they not poll, the 50s. Did they poll guys at the bar? Did they they go into no, communities they and Native they do, 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 do outreach tribes. things? Did they do good? You know. One-on-one, I mean, did they do group discussions? Look, what kind of- the Washington Post, which has long been against the name, went out and did their own poll amongst Native American tribes throughout the, the United States. And it came back that 90% of those they polled were in favor of the name. And at worst, there were fans who were, there were Native Americans who were neutral about it, that had no opinion. That doesn't mean they shouldn't change the name, but it's not as though they just asked their friends, you know hey, is this a great name? By the way... Before we leave this, the logo that you have so derisively said has to go, that was designed by a Native American. Yeah, he was probably had the problem tied down, gun to his head or something. I don't know. Hey, easy. Hey, look, easy. You know, I mean, look. You know, hey, you're striking right, right you know in the heart. So, let me ask you this. Are you okay? Yes. Would you prefer that they just come back as the Redskins? Keep it. Honestly, gun to my head, I, I think they shouldn't have changed the name. But uh, I understand. Send an email I, to Cleveland and tell them, <laughs> tell them to change their name from the Guardians to the Cleveland. To the Reds. Cle- no, the Cleveland Confederates, and tell them to put. That's not the, the same. General thing. Lee logo on a hat. It's okay. Not and the see how that goes. Thing. No, it is. Because it's no, symbolism. it's not. It is. Cleveland Confederates. Let's go. Put the General Lee logo on the top. Or at least have the team in some place where the Confederate Army would have been. Well, like I said, Sorry, it's, when it all teacher. comes down to it, it's it's just it's name of right. a sports team. No. no, you're done. Only people that aren't fans of the team say a bullshine like, oh, it's just a, <laughs> it's just a name. Wait, you know who's here? Overbite Man is here. Earl Paul. Oh, you can't say that it doesn't mean anything to us Washington fans. Sorry, folks, but Paul got me so angry I had to bust out the Overbite Man. Only people not from this it's area. It's not so bad on the audio the side. Overbite man is the worst on the visual side. That's yeah. oh. that's where it is. All right, pal. You know yes. what time it is, right? Is it dope of the week time? It's time. <laughs> oh! Let's, awesome, dude. let's cleanse our palates now from that rather serious conversation to the dope of the week. Because, you know, the Gags Gang and I, that's right, spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And we've been real busy since we've been off these last few weeks. And you can, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying respect and gratitude, Help pilot the show by nominating your own Dope of the Week. Use the hashtag D-O-T-W on Twitter. 
at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos, at Go Sports Media Co. And who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week Cup around the ice rink of shame this week? Why, Kirk Cousins, quarterback for your Minnesota Vikings. And this one, go, this one is hard for me as the unofficial president of the Kirk Cousins fan club, but sadly he truly deserved the award this week. I will give this one out with one lonely Iron Eyes Cody-like tear falling down my cheek. This week's DOTW is about vaccines, or a lack thereof to be exact. In that vein, see what I did there? We have an honorable mention. PGA golfer and USA US Open champion Bryson DeChambeau. Earlier this week, DeChambeau was forced off the US Olympic golf team by a positive COVID-19 test. He also has not been vaccinated. When asked about why he did not get the vaccine, DeChambeau delivered this highly intellectual response rooted in scientific fact. Quote, the vaccine doesn't necessarily prevent it from happening, DeChambeau told a few reporters after his nine-hole program round at TPC Southwind. I'm young enough. I'd rather give the vaccine to people who need it. I don't need it. I'm a healthy, young individual who will continue to work on my health. I don't think taking the vaccine away from someone who needs it is a good thing. My dad is a perfect example of it. He got the vaccine early on because he's a diabetic. People that... People like that need to get it. My mom got it. I don't want to take away that ability. DeChambeau added, now as time goes on, if the vaccine is mainstream, really, really mainstream, then yeah. You know, these days the vaccine cannot be given away. So I'm not sure what shortage DeChambeau is talking about. And as for the really, really mainstream, I am not sure what that even means. Uh, Call me old school. But I think 166 million people, or 51% of the country being fully vaccinated, qualifies as mainstream i guess anything under 170 million is just a fad according to professor DeChambeau. as dopey as that was it pales in comparison to the week that cousins had the nfl like every other organization these days is dealing with the issue of unvaccinated employees and how to quote encourage its employees to get vaccinated on july 22nd the nfl informed its clubs that if a game cannot be rescheduled due to a COVID outbreak amongst unvaccinated players Then the team with the outbreak will forfeit and be credited with a loss. Neither team will be paid, and the team responsible for the canceled game will be responsible for any financial losses. Spoiler alert, no game is going to get canceled in the NFL. But back to the dope of the week. This is in addition to other restrictions in place for unvaccinated players and coaches with respect to masking, travel, and outings while on the road. So the NFL cannot mandate vaccines amongst its players, but it can make life unpleasant for them. On July 31st, Vikings quarterback, rookie quarterback Kellen Mond tested positive for COVID-19, and as a result of being in close contact with Mond, Cousins and fellow quarterback Nate Stanley were forced to quarantine for five days under the NFL's protocols. It turns out that Cousins has not been vaccinated, a point he addressed in a post-practice press conference when he returned to practice on August the 5th. The theme of the press conference was essentially that avoiding close contact and not getting a vaccine is the most important thing he can do for his team this year. So we have two clips from that press conference. Let's listen to the the explanation for why Cousins had to be quarantined, and if you play the first part of the clip, Mr. Cuthbert. In status. So the key will be not being a close contact. That will be the focus, and um, we have to be very vigilant to make sure that does not happen, which is why moving to a larger meeting room uh, is, is what's so important. And as I said to Coach Zimmer on the phone last night, I said, we, we can meet in the indoor, we can meet outside. And I said, if it means meeting outside under a goalpost in January, 
if that's what it takes to get to the playoffs and be in playoff games and win playoff games, and that's where we're going to meet. So um, we're going to avoid this close contact thing with everything we possibly can do. I was not aware of the meeting room size being an issue. Otherwise, I would have spoken up and said we obviously can't meet here. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad we've gotten that fixed and grateful that we have a facility where there are multiple options of where to meet. So uh, uh, with that, I'll take any, any questions you, you may have. I'll take a few questions. That's right, folks. For Kirk Cousins, size is an issue. In other words, the size of the meeting room and not Cousins' vaccination status is the real problem. Kirk, Bubula, get a vaccine. Then you can hold meetings in a phone booth. Google it, kids. And if you really want to help your team get to the playoffs and win playoff games, then I don't know. How about being available for those games? How about not missing games because you get COVID due to being unvaccinated? Then Cousins drops this gem on the sports public in which he outlines his alternate plan for avoiding COVID in lieu of getting a vaccine. And if you'd play the second part of that clip, Mr. Cuthbert. Whether I'm at the facility or at home. Kirk, a lot of people are saying, a lot of people are saying that, that the quarterback, perhaps the most important player in the team, with this happening, that you should be vaccinated. Are you giving consideration to being vaccinated? I think the vaccination decision is a private, very private health matter for me, and I'm gonna keep it as such. Um, uh, I do believe that as a leader of the team, it's very important uh, to follow the protocols to avoid this close contact because that is that is what it's going to come down to is did you have a close contact? And so I'm going to be vigilant about avoiding a close contact. I've even thought about should I just set up literally plexiglass around where I sit so that this could never happen again? Um, I thought about it because I'm going to do whatever it takes. So um, we're going to avoid this close contact thing. And... Um, and I uh, look forward to, uh, you know, making sure I'm playing for every game this year. Are there so many other ways to contract the virus rather than just in the meeting room? Well, the protocols are what you have to follow. The NFL has set these protocols in place. So uh, I want to follow the protocol so I can play on Sunday, and that's where my focus is. So as long as I can, um, you know, not test positive and not have a close contact, I'll be there for every, every game. Okay talking about is to get vaccinated. Correct. And, and uh, the NFL is, has encouraged us to get vaccinated. And as I said, it's just a very private health decision. And um, I'm going to keep it private as such. Yes, you heard that correctly. A plexiglass enclosure wherever he goes. Also, if you're playing a drinking game in which you drink every time Kirk Cousins says the word protocols, you'd be sloshed by now. Uh, yeah, you have your finger up, Mr. Cuthbert. Um, yeah, I have a quick question. Are they going to carry a cubicle out to the huddle when he goes? Well, I'm going to address that. Oh, so yes. my first thought when I heard that heard this was the late, great Don Adams as Maxwell Smart in the TV show Get Smart using the dreaded cone of silence. For those of you under the age of 100, think Steve Carell in the role of Maxwell Smart in the 2008 movie of the same name. So whenever the cone was used, the people using it would never actually hear each other, and they would end up either yelling at one another or doing away with the cone in frustration. The cone of silence in Get Smart was a laughable attempt at secrecy that was a total failure, but tremendously funny. Sort of like this plan by Cousins. Maybe Cousins secretly fantasizes about being an international super spy. I would pay good money to see he and head coach Mike Zimmer, who Cousins probably calls chief, sitting under the cone of silence discussing games 
game strategy while the rest of the club looks on with a mixture of disbelief and hilarity. All kidding aside, what Cousins is doing is ignorant and selfish. Cousins, a team captain, by the way, is potentially putting his team at a competitive disadvantage by failing to get vaccinated and instead hoping to rely on avoiding close contact as a viable alternative to getting the vaccine. I guess we are going to see Cousins in the shotgun formation an awful lot this season. And as I just pointed out to Mr. Cuthbert, ultimately just avoiding the huddle because, hey, why talk about the next play with your team? It's only like 11 people that have to know what's going on at any one time. So, in addition, Cousins' stance on vaccines is hurting him financially and in the court of public opinion. Holland Hospital, a hospital in Cousins' hometown of Holland, Michigan, announced this past Friday that it was dropping Cousins as its spokesman because of his stance on vaccinations. Finally, Cousins is ignoring the simple fact that getting a jab with a needle is a far easier solution to avoid COVID than having team meetings outside under the goalposts and walking around the practice facility with your own personal plexiglass fortress of solitude. So, Kirk Cousins, for putting your team at risk both on and off the field for your refusal to get vaccinated, for continuing to party like it is 1499 when it comes to scientific advancement, and for single-handedly Keeping alive one of the worst ideas in the history of fictionalized spy technology, you are the Sports Honcho's Dope of the Week. Congrats, Kirk. Your tear-stained certificate is in the mail. Way to go, Kirk. What a dope. It's all about the close contact, folks. It's not about getting a vaccine. (laughs) You know, just to see him and to listen to him and to, to... To see an individual just go, because you, you know where this is headed, right? You know it's going to happen. You know he's going to test positive. Of course. You know it's going to happen. Right when it counts, toward the end of the season when they're making a playoff run. No, and then it'll it's... happen before then. It'll happen before then. No. It will. It's just, you know. And it hurts because I, you know, we can talk some other time about the drama between Kirk Cousins and Robert Griffin III and Kirk and the team here and the contract negotiations. I love the man. I wish he was still our quarterback. But he's a dope. And How can can you still love him? Well, you know, we we still love the dopes in our life. What did Kirk Cousins do for you? Well, we've wandered through the quarterback wilderness for several years now, and we let a guy walk who was only set franchise records for passing. Was he ever in a, a, a Washington Football Club championship parade? Uh, no, but a lot of guys weren't. <laughs> hey, question for you. Do you like Aaron Judge? Of course I do. Was he ever in a Yankees championship parade? Soon, baby, but he's young. Okay, but not yet. I'm just saying, you don't have to win championships or be smart for me to love you. You do. Okay, fine. Aaron Judge doesn't win a championship. <laughs> He's in trouble. <laughs> He's going to get bombed by the Mark Andre Fleury and the uh, non compliant. He's meet. got a very short window. All right. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, uh, look, everything going forward with COVID and uh, everything else, look, you know, we're a pair of guys who are vaccinated and, you know, we're available for the I Vikings. Mean, yeah, we if, are available for meetings. Uh, just meetings, though. And the cone <laughs> of silence. <laughs> We are not running defense drills. I'm no. surely not going out on a, a wide-out pattern either. So Nope. I will nope. have the – don't they have, like in hockey, they have the non-contact 
college shirt. Yes, you know what? In football, they have the red jersey, the no contact red jersey. That'll be us during game show time. Show up in Santa Claus suits. Yeah, during game time, I want the red jersey. Oh, you have to count to Mississippi before you can t- you can touch me. Unbelievable. Which is good dating advice. Okay. Well, I got to tell you, I will be uh, sleeping and enjoying my life while the Kirk Cousins drama and the Vikings drama continues. And their futility oh. continues. When's the last time they won a championship? Uh, let's see. The next time they win will be their first. <laughs> <laughs> National Mediocrity League. Tune in, baby. Watch the preseason mediocrity before Won't the be real this season might be. They're not winning the championship this year, that's for sure. Telling now you, that Bucks, I've said that, they'll win. Bucks, Packers, <laughs> and the Chiefs, that's it. Nobody that's else it. is going to be That's the list. All right. Oh, man, too much. Mr. Cutie, it's been a pleasure as always. I miss this, baby. Show. <laughs> Good show. Good stuff. Maybe not for Mets fans. Or Vikings fans. Or Vikings fans. But or Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending your Sunday morning with us, those of you who have joined us live. And for the rest of you during the week, Whatever time you tune in, thank you so much for supporting myself, Mr. Paul Cuppert, and the great Mr. Robert Cuny here on the Sports Haunches. So until next time, stay safe and stay healthy. And Mr. Cuny, please bid our listeners a good day, a good evening. Hey, everybody. Thank you for having us back into your Sunday morning slash Sunday afternoons. We missed you. We hope you enjoyed the Elvis's colon-like show today, packed to the gills with fun and yucks. Have a great week. Hey, everyone, be safe. Be kind to each other. Give each other a hug once in a while. And as always, peace. Spot Town Towers are out, baby. Woo!